0: Today we're going to get started with uh, this year, 2018, some of the things that we're going to be talking about. Last year we were talking a lot about our hope, which is the future. We talked about the hope that we have now in God. The word hope has to do with something that we are expecting. Don't have it in hand yet. It's all by faith. If If we see it, it's not hoped for hope is something that we haven't seen is something that we're anticipating and we talked a lot about our our soul uh, that's anchored in heaven that's our whole hope is in heaven we talked about uh, things on this earth that we are hoping for God to, to do we looked at Abraham as an illustration uh, and then we talked a lot about heaven and what we are hoping for what our whole hope is as Christians um, now what we're going to do is we're going to go from future to what has already been so we're going to be looking at the past i don't know why it is but christianity is you know there again i got saved at 19 years old and i'm learning christianity and and how people think and i just see the scriptures as something that is god's word that has been preserved to our language and we can read it with absolute authority and take it literally and I, you hear me preach and teach and, and you know that to be true and I hope it's true for yourself. But but sadly, the more I read about even historically how people that were in Christendom, Christendom and how they viewed the Word of God and the miracles and things that have happened, it's hard for them to just believe what the Bible said. And it's as though they had to embellish it or... To make it believable in the world. For instance, if if I were to ask certain people, do you believe in God? Yes. Do you believe that those who have believed in Jesus and have passed away, that they're in heaven? Yes. Have you ever seen heaven? No. But you believe that they are there. Yeah, because that's comforting to me. I want to think of my loved one there in heaven. I want to think that they, they are now uh, no longer suffering and battling cancer. And that's a refreshing thing for us. So do you believe God's making you a mansion up in heaven? Oh, yeah, I can't wait for that one. That's a wonderful thing. And we're going to be in God's presence for all of eternity. And then you go and say, do you believe in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth? No, no. I believe it took billions of years Because God couldn't have made it in six days. It had to evolve to become what it is. So we have no problem with our future. But when we look at the past, we have to add a little bit to the scriptures to make it a little more believable. Because if you just go to the world and you just say, by the way, God just spoke everything into existence like you're weird. God can't do that, but he can make a place in heaven for me that I haven't seen. You follow me? So if it's comfortable, we believe in those things that God has said. But if it goes against the grain of today's ideas, then all of a sudden we're weird. We're extremists. So this year, what we're going to try to do is build some, some ideas that we've pulled directly from the Word of God to help us to see the world that we live in. Whenever I was uh, ordained, back in the day, ordinations were really intense. My questioning was over two hours of, of a group. I have no idea. Why did he invite so many preachers? There's like 20, there were more preachers than there were slots to sign my ordination sheet. Are you following me? And these are all guys that have been pastoring for years. I just got saved a number of years before that. And yeah, I got through science and the Bible class. I graduated, you know. And I got through all of my classes. And, and I, was, I was completed and I was ready to go into the pulpit. I thought I was ready I don't think I would have ordained me back then. Uh, But anyways, so I was ready, you know. So the first question, the first question from Preacher Marks was this. Could you have fellowship with someone that does not believe in the Genesis 1 creation account? And I said, I get a 50-50 chance of getting this one right. (laughs) 50-50, baby. So I said, and I'm thinking, OK, these guys are really mean, you know, conservative, fundamental, hate everybody, Baptist. So I was like, oh, no, you couldn't. No, I couldn't. I didn't know why. Exactly. But that was my answer. And, and he said, answer was good. I have failed many. With that question answered wrongly by candidates. That was the first question Of two hours plus of interrogation of my brain of what I knew of the scriptures. Looking back now, I know why I asked that. Because even then, in the eighties, there was a lot of movement that was happening in the in the reasoning of creation. That was starting to permeate the churches and is still evolving in the churches to become something that is absolutely unbiblical. Goes completely against scripture. So, some of this has to do with well, yeah, there's a God out there, but God created it and then everything evolved from there. So, it's called a theistic evolutionist. So I believe that there's some God out there can't know who he is, but, you know, it couldn't have just blown up into existence and evolved on its own matter had to come from somewhere. So I believe there's a God, not the God of the Bible, just a God out there that created everything. And then it took billions and billions of years and everything that Darwinism and evolution has said is accurate with a God. So you connected evolution with God. Er, wrong answer. Bad answer. Because that goes against what we see. In the beginning, God. And so, then there's other ideas that have come. And I'm going to talk a little bit um, about some theories that have, have developed over um, the 1800s into the 1900s. And I just want you all to know where your preacher stands. And, and if you disagree with me, you know, I love you anyways. But all that I'm going to do, my approach to this, this part of this year is to try to go to a biblical approach of how we view where did we come from. I remember as an unsaved person thinking, how did this whole thing start? How did it start somehow? And then you go to school and they say, yeah, billions and billions of years ago, there was this explosion. And then all of a sudden, something come up out of the sea. And then all of a sudden, it evolved into this. And it went from this species to this species to this species. And here we are. And I'm always thinking, okay, if evolution is accurate, why isn't it still happening? Why don't we see one species turning into another species You say, oh, you have this picture of the butterflies and a trans. I'm not talking about a mutation, you know, genetic mutation. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a fish. A fish, okay, becomes a human being. I don't see anything in between that that is changing from a species to another species. And they'll talk about how it mutates into the colors. I get all of that. And I get the skin color of human beings. The size of individuals. After a couple of generations of, of, uh, of short, you know, uh, copulating with short, you get short. I get that. You know, dachshunds. Short, long. Dogs, okay, versus Harley, my boxer. Completely different. But if you put a couple of dogs together that can actually, because it's within its own species, come together, you can generate another type. They're doing it all the times. This doodle, you know, poodle goes with this dog, and now it's worth $2,000. Wow. Anyways, so you, you, you get that. But a dog... Can't it get together with an elephant and produce something? And yet evolution say, Give it enough time. Give it enough time. Give it enough time? And that's what the whole premise is. We need billions and billions and billions and billions, and we keep changing how many billions? But it's billions, for this to actually happen. Bill Nye and Ken Ham, a couple of years ago, we were all to, many were together listening to their debate, and I loved how Ken Ham continued to answer. Well, Mister Nye, if you would open the Bible, this book has already recorded how it happened. And I'm I'm thinking, and it's the truth. We just, man hates the Bible because it's revealing truth, anything but God. Anything from but but a God that's created, because if there is a God who was created, that makes me accountable to him. So if I can delete God, take him out of our currency and our schools and our mentality, get it out of government get it out of everything, if there is no God and we go back to that source, we all evolved through billions and billions of years. And therefore, when I die, that's it. I just become part of all of nature. And then I go into the ground and then I evolve into something else. And then after my ashes go through this mutation, billions and billions of years later, maybe I'll come back as a butterfly. (laughs) Doesn't that sound sweet? But spiritism and a lot of the religions will teach that. We come back as something. It's an uh, ever-evolving process. And yet we see that God, in the beginning, created all things, all matter. Everything was made from absolutely nothing according to the Scriptures. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Now let's get into the Word for a couple of minutes. What we talk about today is a foundation. And the foundation is in Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 1. And once you have found that, would you please stand out of respect of God's Word. Genesis chapter 1. We are going to read just verse 1. Genesis 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning, God. Stop and think about that powerful statement. In the beginning, God. God created the heaven and the earth. Now, Father, as we look at you, we look at your power, your might, your majesty. We see your word. Help us, Lord, to agree with what you have said. Help us to realize throughout your word, you put in it places where you talked about the original creation. That back in the book of Job, we see things that identify your creation. So, Lord, help us to realize if you are and you are right in those areas, that you're right in it all. Help us, Lord, to take your word literally. And we we'll thank you for Jesus' sake. Amen. And you may be seated. We're excited about next week. Uh, I'm excited because two of my granddaughters are going to be singing in the choir. Uh, Miss dustmans is going to be uh, uh, leading that choir. And uh, they're going to be here and they're going to be singing. And it's exciting. I'm um, excited about next week we're going to get into much more of the, the majesty of why God created. Why did he create? We're going to get into Revelation. We're going to talk about some, some verses out of there, so it's, it's cool. But creation is the evidence of the power of God. Romans talks about that. And when we see all of these things created, for instance, the stars, there's no beginning, there's no end it it speaks that god is eternal i mean all of what god's creation is and what he has done on purpose reflects on him and yet as i mentioned there are those historically that have tried their very best to take philosophies and theories of man and so not to be seen as ignorant Take those theories and try to tie them in with the Word of God, and then bridge what we will call false science with truth. Never works. I'm going to give you a for instance, and if if you, I've met many good men, you know that do believe in this philosophy, and I'm going to let you know your preacher doesn't. Um, and I'm going to explain one thing. is is a really to me it's an important point that I'm trying to make as far as what we have done with the information that the lost world comes up with, and how sometimes Christians have tried to blend the two together. It's called the gap theory. I don't know if you're familiar with the gap theory, but the gap theory teaches that in Genesis 1-1, which we just read, and then between verse 1-1 and chapter 1 and verse 2, that there was a gap. You say, what kind of a gap? There's only about a smidgen of an inch in there, and I I understand that. But what they're saying is there were millions and millions of years between 1-1 and 1-2. You say... Why? Well, there's a reason why, and that's why I want to to share with you how the world determining things how it affects we as Christians that well we don't appear you know ignorant and unlearned so we're going to try to blend the two so this is what happened. Gap creationism became increasingly attractive near the end of the 18th century and the first half of the 19th century because the newly established science of geology had determined that the earth was far older than common interpreters of Genesis and the Bible-based flood geology would allow. Gap creation allowed religious geologists who composed the majority of the geological community at that time To reconcile their faith in the Bible with the new authority of science. According to the doctrine of natural theology, science was in this period considered a second revelation. God's word in nature as well as in scripture. So the two could not contradict each other. 1814. Gap creationism was popularized by a man by the name of Thomas Chalmers. Thomas Chalmers in 1814. It gained widespread attention with a second creation act. And I'll explain this in a moment. Was discussed prominently in the reference notes for Genesis in the influential Bible known as the Schofield Reference Bible. If you didn't know this. So. So here's what they say. Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Okay. And then verse number 2. And the earth was without form and void. And it speaks of darkness. So they're looking at this and saying, okay, something's, something's got to com- be, be put right in there. Because science is saying, we have proven that the earth is millions and billions of years old, that everything has evolved. So the guys looking at creation say, well, that makes us look really silly looking because they have proof that it's that old. Um, those of you who have been here learning from answers in Genesis through the last years know that this quote unquote proof that the earth is billions of years old is actually based on theories, assumptions, or we assume and then we create a theory: If this be, if this be true, then this must be true. And before long, they say whatever they want. But it's based on an assumption. So the Christians back at this time period are saying, "Well, everybody's believing this science, which is based on truth. People were everywhere are believing this. So if we don't have something to come back with, and we just go back to God created it all, we're going to look silly and unbelievable and people aren't going to come to our church. So we have to come up with something. Okay, we agree with this science that the earth is millions and millions of years old and this is why. By the way, remember, this just started in these two centuries and so is today. And so... They said, so here's what happened in Genesis one, one, God created everything, earth functioning. And then what happened is Satan rebelled against God and came down to earth. And he's the one that created the darkness and the chaos. So verse three and following, when we see the first through seven days, actually first through six days of creation, that was God actually recreating. It's the second creation of the earth. So everything we look at in Genesis 1 is basically God fixing what Satan destroyed. Do you know many, how many holes are in that theory? I'm going to give you a couple of them. First of all, when you look at the end of God's creation in Genesis chapter one, God said about everything that he made, that would include everything that he had made, which would include everything in the universe on earth, even angelic beings, because they are created beings. Everything that God had created was very he didn't say, except for, everything that he created up to that point was good. So therefore, between Genesis 2 and 3 was the rebellion, and then comes the fall of man as a result of Lucifer. The other thing, and we're going to give you a couple of verses at the, at the end here to, to show you um, the biblical evidence of, of why I believe that Genesis 1 all of this is connected. There's no gap in between. Um, the other thing that we we know is, as we have shown through Answers in Genesis, is uh, uh, going to be sharing in a couple of weeks on some of the things from the flood, giving, giving the uh, uh, evidence as more of a tangible approach versus me, just scriptural approach to this principle, that there are theories of how they are aging things and saying that they're this old, have absolutely contradicted each other, and you can't base age on their approaches to dating. And so all of this is all contingent on the dating system being right. And if it's wrong, you've got to throw the whole thing out. If it's not accurate, how can you stake your life on it? Anyways. So, so we get into this whole thought that, well, you know, God can't create darkness. You know, God can't create something that's not done. Because God's perfect and he and he, he just he he should have just made it. Well, they still agree that the rest of the six days on the recreation, please follow me on this. It took t- days matter of fact, some of them say, well, a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. They don't even look at the six days as six days. They see it as thousands and thousands of years. And yet God can have heaven, and my loved one is there, and he's making me a wonderful place and golden streets, but he can't do it in one day. He can't make light and all of this matter and everything. He can't. Well, no, no. So it's faith. Believing what God actually said about where we came from. So they also talk about these concepts of of darkness and that it was void. And so they begin to build this whole concept that there's billions of years in between. That Satan and his angels destroyed it, which is interesting. Because that is telling me that they believe that there was death on this earth. Before Genesis 3. Wrong. According to all of the scriptures, it started then in Genesis 3. Death came by one man, right? Adam. And because of his sin, death passed upon all men for the law of sin. So it all goes back to, in the scriptures, right back to Genesis accounts. And there's other holes that you definitely see in this theory. Uh, matter of fact, some verses. I, I'm not going to get into everything with this. I'm just giving you a real big picture of it all. But As we're seeing this matter is that, that God literally hadn't uh, hadn't populated the earth uh, with not only man but animals and, and everything that He was being uh, creating in verses days you know one through six. And so so it comes down it comes it comes down to this. If if there needs to be a gap. Theory, and that's literally what it's called, to create billions of years, then what do we do then with the rest of the scriptures? Do we constantly then not take God at His word if the world comes up with a philosophy that seems to oppose the Bible? That's what's happening today, ladies and gentlemen, in churches. We know what the Bible says. But that was cultural. That's one of the big ones. It was a cultural thing back there. And so therefore, it wasn't the Bible. It wasn't the law of God. It wasn't what God actually meant. you know, It was just a, you know, if you'd like to, a suggestion. Now, there are certain things that God has said. He's designed a government. We're talking about that. It's government of church, government of man. All of these things God's created. And we don't get to change it, folks. I'm losing some of you. i telling you. We do not have any type of authority over the written Word of God to change it for a culture. Whether it is U.S. culture or missions culture, it is the authority over all. So, these men compromised in order to bridge false science with the Word of God. And men today still hold on to this Look with me to the book of, of Exodus. We'll go to two different ones here. first one is in, book, in chapter 20 and verse 11. You'll know this is when God was giving the law to Moses. So they had come out of Egypt. Now it is time for God to give them... Uh, the doctrines, what they were to do, what they weren't to do about God, who He is. Verse 11. For in six days the Lord made... What's the next phrase? Okay. When you look at Genesis one, 1 God created the... Uh, Exodus just connected six days with verse 1. You seeing it? Look over with me to chapter 31 of the same book. Here we're going to read verse 17. 31, 17. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made... And on the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. Here are two clear texts that God connects Genesis 1-1 with the rest of the chapter. If there would have been a place that he would have needed to teach the Jewish community that there were two separate creations, that would have been a nice place to put it in. But he is constantly showing Genesis 1 as the original, initial uh, creation. So people will say, well, you know, how, how can we then justify darkness? How can we justify the thought of chaos, that, that it was with, without form, it was void? Okay, you got, your, you got your pencil sharpened? This is going to be really deep. This is being recorded. This is really, really deep. You know why? He wasn't done yet. He wasn't done. Why didn't God just say, let it all be all at once? Poof. He could have. But he methodically trying to show you and I a spiritual concept. Okay, so hang in there. So the darkness is because Jesus didn't say, let there be light. Okay, everything from day one until day six were all methodically planned out by God, all for God's ultimate creation, and that was you and I, man. That's why we weren't made on one day, because we needed the rest of what God was going to create first. Everything was for you and I. He had you in mind. He had man in mind with creation. You and I, and that's what takes away from this whole evolutionary process and and how they're trying to put it all together that we evolve. There is nothing at all in heaven or earth that has been created like man. You and I are the only thing that God says you and I are made in the image of God. You're not a glorified ape. You didn't evolve into this. You were created in the image of God. Mind, the Father, the heart, the Spirit, Holy Spirit of God, and Jesus the body. Triune being. That will blow your dichotomous out of the pond too. God makes a distinction between the Father, the mind, and the Holy Spirit. And so do I. That we are made in the very image of God. But also, it is not just in that, but we are also made, in 126 he says, to govern over everything. Dogs don't govern my house. I love my dogs. They're awesome. But if I'm going to choose between the dog's comfort and mine, I win. They are not going to dominate me. Oh, by the way, that is blown away in today's philosophies. We have created an equality of animals and man and has permeated the church. It's a dog. Jesus didn't die for that. He died for mankind. You and evolution would say it's all relevant. It's all together. Really? God says you dominate everything that's in the sea, everything that creeps upon the earth, everything. You're over it. You're to till the ground and you are to use the ground for yourselves. Not give yourself for it. It is there created for us. And the same thing that God is over us. We were created for him. I'm getting into next week's message. <laughs> Turn with me to a couple of New Testament verses. Look with me to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. You knew this was coming. Three. Hebrews 11, three. Hebrews 11.3. You haven't had this marked down, memorized. Please do. Because this is going to give you your personal ammunition in your mind of what we believe about Genesis chapter 1. Through faith. Faith. Faith is believing, although never seeing. No human being was there in Genesis 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning, God, not man, God. So we by faith looking back at creation through faith, we the believer and hopefully you if you're not a believer yet, we understand, we have a full perception that the worlds everything in the universe were framed that will be the designer the one who designed what it's all going to be, what it's going to look like, what you're going to look like, everything. The designer was done by the Word of God. Let there be light. And there was light. Literally, God spoke it into existence through the person of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 1 describes that. Notice this. So that the things which are seen, tangible. Uh, By the way, God talks about Colossians 1. Things that are created that are not seen you realize the Bible talked about Adams. He talked about things that we, he knew they were there. God knew they were there because he created them. And he's like, even the things that you can't see with your eye, God made them also. Everything. Visible or not visible. Thrones, principalities, everything. God, God made it all. The things which are seen were not, 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 not made of things which do appear. So... God so didn't say, okay, Jesus, time for us to make a tree. Can you bring the bark over? Holy Spirit, can you, you know bring the wood part? And we're going to put this wood. We're going to come out together and bring this over here. And we're going to put it together. And then we're going to pick it up and we're going to plop it into the ground. Oh, yeah, we need to make some dirt here too. So can you get all the ingredients over here? Let's make us some dirt so that this thing can grow. Oh, yeah, we need all the molecules that going to create the issue. So we need some water so it can be nourished. God didn't take something that was already made. To bring it here to this earth. He said, let it be. If you were talking about a Big Bang Theory, there it is. Bam! There it was. And not millions of years until it evolved into it. It's interesting. that Everything he created was mature. Its seed was already within it, ready to reproduce. Even man himself was prepared to to, uh, generate life. That's how he made it. Mature, ready to go. You say, I just don't believe that. If you don't believe that, how can you believe there's a heaven? How can you believe that God sent his son to die on the cross for your sin? You you see, folks, we can't just pick and choose the things that we like and think, oh, that's not popular. We have to hold true to what God's word has clearly said. So by faith, I believe that at one moment, the father to the person of Jesus Christ, John 1, 1, the one who is the eternal word, which nothing here on this earth was created without him, spoke the world into existence. And the Holy Spirit is also there in Genesis chapter one. And so the Godhead created. You know, it's really awesome. One of my favorite verses in Genesis. You would think it's one. one. It's it is a good one. But this one is really, really cool to me because it teaches us so much. Verse 26, God says, let us, let's talk about this. Let us make man in our own image, in our own likeness. Who's God talking to? Man isn't made yet. He ain't talking to the animals. God is talking the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image, triune God yet one, speaking, working, this coalition is this, 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 all together, united for the very purpose of creation, especially for man, because he was the special one. You, you are special. Look with me, mm. look with me to Second Corinthians. I'm going to try to abridge this as best as I possibly can. Because this is, this is the good stuff. 2 Corinthians 4. So we're going to start in verse number 3. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3. For if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are what? Lost. In other words, they haven't received the light of Jesus Christ. They're in darkness. Well, how, What's going on with that? Verse 4. In whom the God of this world who is Satan, not, that's not about God himself, the God of this world, the lost people's God, has blinded the minds of them which believe not. So Satan is about keeping people from the truth and the light of the gospel. Lest the light of the glorious gospel, who is the image of God, excuse me, the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So God's all about light. Satan's about darkness, hiding. That's why sin is symbolized in darkness. Verse number five. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And that's our message. The cross. Jesus died. He loved you. That's the whole thing. Why? Because that's bringing light to the mind. And ourselves, your servants of Jesus Christ. Now notice this. Watch what God does. Now he's talking about salvation here. Everybody agree? For God... Who commanded the light to shine out of darkness? When did he do that? Genesis chapter number 1. Starting to see the connection yet? Talk about salvation in 2 Corinthians 4. He goes back to the original creation and says, Remember when God said, Let there be light. And it came to be the power of God. That same light, who is Jesus Christ, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So back in Genesis, God says, Hey, by the way, we're creating all this and man's going to be last. And you know what they're going to do in chapter 3? <laughs> they're going to sin. They're going to mess everything up that we created. Sin is going to permeate the universe. So i tell you what. Let's make a plan here. We're going to start out with this darkness. And then light's going to come. Bam! And it's going to show that God is the only one that can generate life and light. That's John chapter 1. And so let's show them what we're going to be doing for them after they fall. Jesus, you are the light. You bring it forth from darkness. This darkness is inside of man because of sin. So just as God created life Inside, through the light of Jesus Christ, man can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be given light to see and life, eternal life. And we don't have time this morning. We're going to be hitting it tonight. Titus chapter 1, 1 and 2. In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised. You don't know. I'm waiting so you remember it. Before the world began. So back here, God was like, hey, let's get this whole thing creation going and let's have in our mind. Man is dumb. Man is going to sin and they're going to rebel against me. They're going to go against my commandment. So let's fix it. So we're going to go back and we're going to say you lost the life because as soon as you eat that tree of knowledge of good and evil, you're going to die spiritually that day. And so let's generate life for them. And God thought the plan out the whole way back there. Uh, I need to save time. You're being so patient with me. In Revelation 13.8, you are going to turn to Second Timothy 1.9. You're going to go to Second Timothy 1.9. I'm going to be giving you the concept of Revelation thirteen eight. Those who take notes. So in that text, he's talking about during tribulation time period, people are going to reject the gospel, we reject God. Then it talks about Jesus Christ, and the and the word, and and, and it talks about the Lamb's Book of Life, and Jesus Christ, the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. So back here, at the beginning. God says, man is going to sin. I'm going to show them the concept of salvation. It is darkness and sin, light through Jesus Christ, who is the eternal word of God, and they get light. So, Jesus, here is what's going to happen. Down the road, thousands of years down the road, you're going to come to this earth. And you're going to die on a cruel cross for the sins of the entire world. You're going to be teaching them about light. You're going to resurrect people to prove that you are eternal life. And you're going to tell them, truly, truly, I say unto you, he that hears my word and believes on him that has sent me hath life, eternal life, and will never come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. So God way back here said, I got it covered for you. God did the work for us way back here. God always saw that Jesus was going to die on the cross. Now, follow me. That's why the law all pointed to Jesus Christ. He is the lamb. He is the high priest. He is our tabernacle. God dwelling with man. He is our mercy seat. He is the blood atonement. It's all because Jesus had the plan for all the world. Not just some. Put that in there too, people. He died for the sins of the whole world. But it is applied to oh, whoever applies to blood. You're there in Timothy, 2 Timothy 1. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. But it's not according to our works. In other words, not saved because of what we did. It's because of what God did for us. But according to His own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Before it was all there. You know why I believe the Bible is not written by man and that God inspired His Word to be written down by man? Because man isn't smart enough to come up with this stuff. I am one. And I've never met anyone that could take methodically thousands of years And pull it together as the writers of the entirety of of the 66 books of the Bible. This is our answer. Do you understand? Now listen to me. This is the authority. This is the answer. If there is a book that you need to study more than any other book written on this earth. This one. Read this one. And then what's going to happen once you get the truth is going to reveal to you then the error. Father, I pray that I've shown you from your word you, your plan, your creation. And that you are all powerful beyond what we can even understand. We've seen powers of wind and storms. We've seen powers of earthquakes and fires. Even in this last year around the world, we've seen the power of governments. We've seen, we've seen hate and the power of hate and murder. We've seen so much in these last year, and year and a half. But God, there is nothing on this earth that can compare to You. You are all-powerful. And because of that, we humbly come before You right now and say, God, forgive us when we don't believe You and when we don't just believe what You've said. Lord, You will have no other gods before You. And when we see, Lord, in Your Word, in the beginning, You, there is nothing else. Just You. You. and that You chose to create by the word of Your mouth through the Lord Jesus Christ all things. And that this earth that we are living on is not an old earth but a young earth that is slowly, slowly and methodically getting older and older like a cloth. Your word teaches us that from the very beginning, God, I thank You most of all for this one today, is that You had mankind in Your mind before You created anything. And not just to make us, but to save us. You had us, mankind, in Your mind, that we, who are loved and adored by You, could be given eternal life. And You did the work for that too. It was Your plan. And it was to give us eternal, not a temporary, but an eternal life. So Father, I love You. I worship You for this fact. And I pray, Lord, that I have been able to articulate in a little way the power of Your Word and how it blends together. God, may we stop reasoning as man reasons. We have not been given that spirit of fear and of doubts and confusions. You have given us Your Word, which is truth and righteousness. May we agree with You. Heads by and eyes closed, my friend. If you have not trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I hope you have understood through the Word how God loves you, that He had you in mind also, that He sent His Son to die for you. And if by faith, just like all of us who have believed in Jesus, but it's done by faith, you will believe that God sent Him to die on a cross for your sin so that you could be forgiven. He rose again three days later. Forty days after that, He ascended up into heaven, and He's there listening to you right now. He knows your heart. He knows the hesitation. He knows everything about you. And He's just waiting for you to agree with Him. Waiting for you to acknowledge that He is your God. That He did come and die for you. And that you put your faith and believe in Him to forgive you of your sin. And you will be forgiven. And you will be given eternal life. That's what He promised. If you by faith believe in Him now, you can call on Him. And that's what you need to do to apply it. Believe and pray. Call on Him. Say something like this to Him. God, I do know that in Your sight, in Your sight, I'm a sinner. And I know, Lord, that You sent Your Son to die for me personally. I believe, Jesus, You did this. And I believe that You died for my sin and You rose again three days later for me. I now now call on You to forgive me. I accept Your work that You've done for me on the cross. And thank you for saving me, delivering me from my sin, and giving me that eternal life. So, Lord, from this day forward, may I serve you and put you first. Help me to live for you by your grace. If you prayed by Christ in your heart, we would really rejoice with you. That's one of the main reasons we're here. Because we love you just like God loves you. And we want you to see you saved. Let's stand together. friends. going to pray through a verse of invitation.